On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. And he likes to shoot stuff And he don't give a damn what you think He spends his days turning ranches And his nights chasing wenches And he'll happily kick in your teeth Oh, he'll happily kick in your teeth Well, he comes from St. Joe where he grew up with his mom Lots of fish and this drunk Mexican And then he hopped a few trains Just to ride off his pains Now he's doing the best that he can Oh, he's doing the best that he can He's too proud to live and too dumb The Lord knows that his mama tried And he's always mad well while he's going to hell But it's good to have Jane on your side Oh, it's good to have Jane on your side Hello everyone and welcome to a B-side episode of Set Lusting Bruce. That's right, where we get off the Bruce train to land at Hope and Dreams and we go visit other paths, other countries of uh, musical journeys. And joining me today is one of my favorite people. Um, She is my podcast partner in so many things um she is one of the first people that got me into podcasting when we started doing farscape it is the podcast mom herself karen hello it it really is true karen was yeah we're gonna do a farscape podcast why don't you join us quickly fed my ego saying hey you're pretty good at this (laughs) i am great um yep and so since then, Karen and I have talked about, let's see, we've done Doctor Who, mm-hmm. we do Castle, Storming the mm-hmm. Castle, we do that uh, whenever Castle's up every week, we've talked Farscape, mm-hmm. we've done, I guess, a Fringe podcast together. Mm-hmm. We've done some various s- stuff on JKL. Yeah, so JKL. Some literature, mm-hmm. literature, some yeah. basic science fiction. Yes. So, so um, we are just... We're all over the place. We are all over the place. And so when I was telling her about the Bruce Springsteen set lusting Bruce, she's like, well, you know, I'm not a big Bruce fan. I said, but you got to be on the show, Karen. You got (laughs) to love someone and you got to love something. And so she came up with a pretty interesting topic, but I'm going to hold off and I'm going to let her reveal it in a minute. But at first I want to go back to your roots, Karen. Growing up, what kind of music did your family listen to? What? Well, my family has very weird 
roots. Um, okay. I have two older brothers, and they're much older than me, 13 and 8 years. Okay. And so I grew up in a house with parents that are much older than, you know, parents that would be for my age. And then older brothers, and then a uh, sister and I. So um, I grew up with parents that were listening to, um, you know, standards, old standards. So I learned to love that sort of thing. And I was into old movies. So things like uh, Holiday Inn and, and movies like that. I really, really love the nostalgic quality of that sort of thing. So a lot of MGM musicals you loved. Yeah, Carousel, um, uh, Oklahoma. I was actually in a production of Oklahoma. I was in a production of Damn Yankees. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I love – I'm a sucker for soundtracks. Um, and then my brothers, who respectively – my older brother is into Chicago, like that big band sound, um, Chicago, Boston, um, that sort of thing. And my other brother, who is into kind of that the harder edge – uh, so Blue Oyster Cult, uh, <laughs> uh, Ozzy Osbourne, ACDC, that sort of thing. Uh, so two completely opposite yes. ends of the spectrum. Uh, my brother, uh, he picks up any instrument and he plays it. He was in the Monterey County Orchestra um, as a drummer. He was one of those guys that did mm -hmm. like the, the battling drum solos. Yeah thing uh, very cool so i grew up in a very musical household um as you know i sing yes you do and i have always sung right um in every chorus everywhere i went you know i think that's interesting you're talking about your brother because that's such a i don't understand it, it seems to be magic to me yeah I you know. know that someone can just you know when they talk about playing piano by ear I'm like, yeah. I, I don't, what do you mean by ear? By just, you, I know, you, right? you figure out which keys and they sound and you're able to do that? That doesn't he make any sense. He picks up stuff, plays it. He can play almost anything just by picking it up and playing wow. it. Wow. I have never seen anything like it. Mm -hmm. uh, someone handed him a trumpet. He messed around with it for like an hour mm -hmm. and he played something on it. Wow. And I could not believe it. And he's, I don't think he's ever had a lesson on anything in his life. And he was in an orchestra. He was like second chair um, in the percussion instrument area. Um, I, I think he went to first chair when the guy graduated in his sophomore year. So um, it was, he's crazy. And I can't play anything. Right. Um, my voice is it. Mm -hmm. uh, but then he can't sing. So, okay. ha <laughs> so being the uh, little sister and the daughter, did you go between I'm, all three? Uh, yeah, you know? a lot. Um, I love ACDC, which is weird. I do love the hard edge of things. I also really love Chicago and Boston. I'm into that uh, big sound. Uh, yes, um, things like that, you know, things that have a lot of surrounding music. Um, that really gives me chills uh, when I have like a surround sound system and I can hear the music all around me. Right. Um, I went to a Yes concert mm -hmm. where every band member who was ever in Yes was on the stage. Oh, nice. Hitting stage. Oh, it was like a dream come true for me. Um, you know, I was lucky enough um, after we moved to Dallas that um, 
there was a um, Chicago and the Beach Boys were touring together. <gasps> oh, see, and, that's heaven, right? Yeah, it really was. I don't remember which open for who. I, I believe they they flipped, you know, they, they alternated. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, the Beach Boys did a set and then Chicago did a set. And then they had a kind of encore of them all together. So the Chicago was playing, you know, the horns were on certain Beach Boy songs and then the Beach Boys doing harmony on certain Chicago songs. And it was really a cool, that was a cool show. Yeah, that was great. And um, I'm also from uh, kind of the Bay Area of California. So Beach Boys, uh, Journey, that sort of thing. Right. Um, from my backyard and Huey Lewis and, you know, there's all that music from right. in there. So, and I grew up on pop. I love pop yeah. as well. What so. I always ask this, what year did you graduate from high school? 86. Okay. Cause you know, I think like I graduated in 77 and, mm-hmm. and I think that year you graduated from high school says a lot about, you know, <laughs> I like, you know, in 77 it, there was no, it was AM radio. Right. You know, only the druggies listen to FM radio. <laughs> uh, right. And, uh, you know, and so they're just that pop rock was just out there and going. And, you know, and so 86, you're um, MTV, right? Yes. And, uh, yeah, a lot going on. A lot of Madonna. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of Michael Jackson. Yes. Things like that. I was not into super popular music yeah. uh, in the year that I graduated. Mm-hmm. I was uh, listening to oldies at that point. Uh, and also musicals, like right. Broadway musicals and things like that. So. Do you have a favorite musical? Oh, boy. That's not on the agenda. So uh, I'm, Probably I'm... song-wise. Oh, wow. Uh, the one that springs to mind that I can watch at any time, and it also makes me cry, uh, is like Rent. But I don't know that it's my very favorite. Um, you know, like Oklahoma and stuff like that would be favorites, but I can't just sit down and watch those. Um, I love um, 1776. Oh, I love the music of that. That. that is my one of my very favorites. Yes. I love that. And yeah. so, um, oh, Sound John, yes, exactly. Sound John. Yes. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Um, that's cool. And so Karen, tell me what great topic you decided that we could discuss. <laughs> okay. Not like people can't guess. Yes. But if they know about all the things I talk about, I picked a subject near and dear to me and that is nerd rock because it's cool to like nerd rock. Absolutely. So <laughs> what are you defining as nerd rock? Well, it's it is rather hard to define, but it's things that um well, a lot of times it's things that talk about um talk about subjects that nerds are interested in. Yes. Um, and sometimes it's also music that has a, a sound that isn't popular, isn't hard, isn't 
you know, alternative. It just happens to fall into that sort of category okay. that the same people like. Yes. Um, and there's artists also that nerds tend to follow. Right. So those people, if they have written a lot of songs for nerds, quote unquote, yes. Uh, even if they have one that's not a nerd rock song, nerds will enjoy it anyway. Absolutely. So there's that. I mean, a, a a great example of that popular right now would be someone like a Jonathan Colton. Yes. Um, he's huge right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul and Storm, um, Hard and Firm, which is um, <laughs> uh, Chris Hardwick's <laughs> band. Yes. <laughs> so um, it's things like that that right. uh, that are out there. Uh, of course, the the king of nerd rock, and I say nerd rock because. There's a distinction between nerd rock and nerd music. Um, the king of nerd rock would probably be Weird Al. Yes. And um, uh, this is my tie to Springsteen for you. Okay, I'm ready. Uh, Weird Al has been asked many times why he has not covered a Springsteen song, why he has not parodied a Springsteen song. And he says it has nothing to do with the fact that he hasn't he he doesn't have permission or he he doesn't like it he says i love bruce springsteen uh it's just he hasn't had a big enough song out while al was making music while al was making an album it just hasn't synced up yeah cuz i think one of the things that al does is he wouldn't do in 2016 a parody of Dancing in the Dark. No. You know, he would take something new. Yes, he has to do something new. Correct. And that is the part of it. Um, I think uh, Weird Al came through here last calendar year here in Dallas. And the sports station that I listened to, you know, one of the guys went and said how amazing the show was. Mm-hmm. That he I've had. I've seen it twice and he it, is amazing. Uh-huh. Really is. And and you would think because of the parody part of it, but it he is very good musically at picking Amazing. Yeah, picking the right song, doing the lyrics, making it work visually with the videos, but also with, you know, just audio audio hearing it. Yeah. And not just that, but he puts on a real show. Okay. Um, the year that I went to see him, there was a song that mentioned potatoes or something in it. I can't remember right off the top of my head. It wasn't like one of his big hits, but he sang it and girls came out dressed in potato outfits and danced behind him. I mean, he puts on a show. Wow. Okay. Um, this is, he, he opened for the monkeys when the monkeys had their revival on MTV and I was, I, I watched the monkeys before they had the revival on MTV. Absolutely. I remember doing that as well. <laughs> then I got into them again when they came right. around that time. And when they toured, I went out to see them. And he, Weird Al opened for them. And I loved Weird Al, so it was a no-brainer. Um, he opened for them uh, both of the years that I went to see the Monkees. And his show was, I think, <laughs> better than the show the Monkees put on. 
And I'm not dissing the monkeys. Their songs were great and they did great. Right. But they didn't put on the same type of showmanship show. And he uh, had that ability. He was magnetic. Okay. He really was. And um, he he knew how to talk to the audience. He he wasn't overly schmaltzy. Um, I just, uh, he was, really, he was fascinating to watch on this stage. So, um, even if you don't love his music, you have to respect him for the showman that he is. He just... And the name he has made for himself. Uh, absolutely, I agree. Um, before we get too much further, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about the influences early, uh, not only for Al, but other people that have done things, um, you know, in, earlier than the 80s, back in the you know, 40s, 50s, 60s. So you want to take a little bit of time and talk about what you feel were the building blocks or the founding fathers uh, or mothers, for that matter, of nerd rock? <laughs> well, not too many mothers, unfortunately. Yes. Um, but as far as that goes, uh, I don't need to talk too much about them. Uh, but if you're interested in learning about what influenced Weird Al and... yeah. And uh, most of the other people I'm going to mention, mm-hmm. uh, because they do refer back to these people more often than not. Yeah. Um, Tom Lehrer. Yes. Stan Freeberg. Huge influence on these people. You know, um, Mark Evanier in his uh, blog often talks about the greatness of Stan uh, mm-hmm. Freeberg and how mm-hmm. amazing he was. It yeah. is. And- and you would never guess how much you know about Stan Freeberg, even if you don't know his name, because he wrote so many commercial jingles and things like that. Um, so I, I would highly recommend you look up Stan Freeberg just so you'd know, hey, he did this or he did that, because um, it's, it's really amazing to find out what he did in his lifetime. So Tom Lehrer, Stan Freeberg, Spike Jones. Um, Alan Sherman, Shel Silverstein, uh, yeah, the guy who wrote the, uh, what is it, the crack in the pavement or whatever, okay. <laughs> all those kids' books. Yeah, um, he he had a lot of uh, things that were very subversive. Um, there's a, a thing called the ABZ book, okay, and it is quite interesting to read. I have a copy. And it is very adult. Okay. <laughs> so, um, he does a lot of that sort of thing. And it's just not not publicized, but he was very subversive in his time. Okay. Um, Frank Zappa, of course. And he would be classified as nerd rock. Yes. Um, and, of course, he passed that down to his kids. Right. Um, and then, of course, anything that happened on the Dr. Demento show. Yes. Uh, he was the one that pretty much brought that sort of thing to the forefront and, and allowed Weird Al, XTC, Ben Folds, uh, Bare Naked Ladies, allowed all these people to hear this music for the first time. Uh, and not just music, but he, he would play like uh, riffs from these people as well. Uh, so, you know, Dr. Demento was a huge conduit for these people. And uh, these a lot of these artists that we'll talk about tonight, um, they really give props to Dr. Demento. And 
I think it that was, and I'm going to sound like an old fart. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was a simpler time. There were, um, you know, humorous comedy records mm-hmm. and novelty hits. Well, there and, still are. It's yes. just no one listens to them like that anymore. No, and um, I what you would see now on a YouTube channel, right? You know, with a parody. That right. is really funny, like whether they're making fun of Disney princesses or, you know, other things. Um, this would be on a 45 record and they right. would play it on top 40. Exactly. And uh, um, artists like Cheech and Chong, they would put out a little like a half hour riff. Yes. On something. And it would be on a on a 45 or, right. or something like that. And Dr. Demento would throw it on and play it. Yeah, and um, these people would listen to this, and they'd hear this parody of something. Yeah, and it would make them itch to write something, right. and it would spark, it would spark not only artists that would want to write a song, but also comedians and and um, people that write screenplays today. So yeah, it really spurred a whole generation of funny people. Yeah, I think so, and. You see some of the clips that are on, you know, the comedy channels and YouTube and things that, um, you know, back to song that guy did that she don't like Firefly, you know, that kind of went, you know, went viral. And it this all comes back from Stan Freeberg and Tom Lerner and Alan Sherman and and Frank Zappa that, you know, and Dr. Domeno were this having fun with the music and enjoying life yeah um, very very well done who else do you want to call out in the 80s that you want to give props to well i wanted to mention that uh weird al does have some original music mm-hmm. from the 80s yes i guess i'll fire up my playlist and i'll uh this is uh one more minute okay <laughs> by weird al <laughs> Um, he has some really interesting original songs. Okay. I know we know him from parodies. Yes. Uh, his original music is also very funny. Uh, <laughs> this is called One More Minute. It's okay. from Dare to Be Stupid. And then he also wrote the theme song to Johnny Dangerously. Very nice. So, this is the life. Okay. From Johnny Dangerously. Very cool. Don't know. And this is also from the album Dare to Be Stupid. Okay. I just wanted to point out exactly how versatile this guy is. Very nice. He's not just, you know, polka and and parodies. (laughs) And I think it says a lot about his creativity and his genius that he's lasted this long, correct? Right. You know, and, and, and yeah, just putting out an album last year. Right. And it winning a Grammy. Yes. So, yeah, amazing. Very cool. Cool. Um, yeah. So, uh, next I have XTC. Okay. Which is a band, um, fronted by, oh, I can't remember his first name, but his last name's Partridge. Andy Partridge. Mm hmm. Um, he put out a an album called Oranges and Lemons in 1989. Okay. 
This song is called Pink Thing. Yeah. And it sounds like he's talking about a part of his anatomy. Ooh, okay. However, it's a song that he wrote about his daughter. Ah. He's still doing things to this day. Okay. Um, he also did, th- this is the more popular hit, um, called The Mayor of Simpleton. And um, I'm not sure if you've heard this song, but it, it was their big hit. And then, of course, in the in the 80s, we have other bands like um, Thomas Dolby, mm-hmm. who sang the theme to Howard the Duck. Can't get any nerdier than that. Right. And they blinded me with signs, of course. Yes. I picked Howard the Duck for him. Right. Um, I also picked the Eurythmics because they are definitely nerdy. Yes, I agree with that. So, um, and this is There Must Be an Angel, which is just my, one of my favorite songs. So I Absolutely. And Annie um, Lennox has a beautiful voice. Oh, yeah. So I always said I wanted to be her when I okay. grew up. Yes. Uh, and uh, they might be giants. Yeah. They are still very popular today. Um, from their album Flood, mm-hmm. um, at the end of the 80s. This is a song called Birdhouse in Your Soul. Mm-hmm. It is a song about a nightlight. Right. <laughs> and um, in Pushing Daisies, they sang a little bit of part of this. They certainly did. Yes. Is that where you know it from? Uh, no. My um, actually, Linda is uh, loves birdhouse in your soul she oh yes um she likes flood but especially just a couple of songs you know from that that she loves and birdhouse in your soul is one of her favorite songs i love this song yes it's it's always on like one of my favorite mixes Mm -hmm. when when we put stuff in the car Mm -hmm. this is like one of my staples on that i just love it yeah and um for some reason rush (laughs) is one of those bands that nerds like. Yes. Um, so um, Tom Sawyer is probably the one. Right. And it's been used um, on the show Chuck. Yes. Um, when it, it it was used in a um, in an episode where um, they were playing video games. Right. And then it was parodied. On the show Futurama, mm-hmm. <laughs> when they we're doing video games, and it was picked out because nerds like this song for some reason. Yeah, and then of course there's um, YYZ, mm-hmm. which apparently every nerd drummer has to learn how to play. Ah, but okay. I I don't understand that. Okay. I like Rush, but yeah. I'm not sure why they're rock icons you know i maybe because they've done album themed albums and kind of futuristic right so maybe that's one of the reasons could be yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it could be that kind of spacey sounding stuff absolutely and then of course there's things like devo which it it went without saying for me right so like whip it working in a coal mine Mm -hmm. um and things like talking heads which yeah, uh, the Talking Heads is somebody that is, you know, David Byrne is really uh, well known and very creative. How much the Talking Heads had done back then, and and so yeah, very cool. I agree. 
Yeah, he did a lot of soundtrack work, yes, too. Yes, absolutely. So mm-hmm. um, he, he had a lot of influence on movies and uh, television shows. And now he does a lot of, um, like, um, background music, the, the lead singer of uh, and he, Heads. And here is a connection to Dallas. Uh, Brave Combo is a rock and roll polka band that's in uh, from Denton, Texas, just north of DFW. And they actually, uh, David Byrne heard them, liked them so much, and hired them to play at his wedding. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. And uh, if there, I do not remember the episode, but there is a Simpson version of Brave Combo, which, by the way, have been nominated for Grammys. Uh, for their polka albums. Um, Very cool. You To do a rock and roll polka or even a... They don't parody polka. They just make it kind of with a twist. Mm-hmm. Um, also, one of the things they did is um, they toured with Tiny Tim for a while being his backup band. And okay, there is awesome. somewhere out there where Tiny Tim with Brave Combo is doing Stairway to Heaven. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I'll have to track that down. Yes, indeed. Um, That's weird. So let's move on to the 90s. All right. Um, so, uh, let's continue our journey through Nerd Rock. I think more people are going to recognize these names. Absolutely. Okay, so um, we'll start with Ben Folds 5. Yes. Uh, there we go. Ben Folds 5. Um, selfless, cold, and composed. Okay. This is, these two songs are from Whatever and Ever, A Man. Okay. Um, selfless, cold, and composed is one of my very favorite songs. And he's more of that laid back sort of, I want to wear jeans no matter where I go. Right. <laughs> ben Folds. Um, and by the way, there aren't five Okay. Just so you know. <laughs> okay. It's just Ben Folds, and he liked how Ben Folds Five sounded. So. And he, um, I recognize the name. I, I do not know. Um, I am one of those um, Jimmy Aquino, who is. Um, I just recorded a podcast talking about he does Comic News Insider. He's a fellow podcaster and. He talked about his musical theater background, and he brought up a good point that a lot of people quit growing in their musical taste. They reach a point, and they keep doing that. And I think I'm one of those, um, you know, I, I a lot of Springsteen, and I, I will go with local bands that I kind of find things. But um, Ben Folds, I, I know nothing about, but he keeps being in... Um, interviews and shows I watch when you're talking about um, Johnny Cash or, Mm. you know, or um, they'll be, um, he seems to be a guest someone brings on to discuss about uh, the past and different music. Yeah. He's uh, a, he's a big musicologist. Yes. So, well, here's one of his songs, (laughs) Selfless Colding Post. And then Brick is the next one. This is his most popular song. 
Um, and these are both from 1997. Um, I have some earlier 90s at the end here, but I wanted to go with, like, the biggest influences on me first. Um, ben Folds is, he, it's his musicality, I think, that was impressed upon me. Um, he uses real instruments, which is a huge deal for me. And he doesn't fall into that same pattern of, you know, A, C, E, A, you know, that same thing over and over again it's um syncopated it's uh, different well uh, and you know I, i'm i'm seeing this and it talks about he has worked with will uh, weird Al, mm-hmm. but he was worked with william shatner mm-hmm. on yep, has been record with william shatner yes uh produced amanda effing palmer's yep. first album and for those of you who don't know, that is uh, Neil Gaiman's wife, and mm-hmm. he's actually worked with Neil Gaiman. And you can't get more nerdy than nope. Neil Gaiman. <laughs> no. Nope. Yes, I definitely think Ben Folds uh, hits this totally. Yeah. At the very least, you should check out the album he did with uh, William Shatner. Okay. It's very interesting. <laughs> okay. I will do that. Anyway, I just love his stuff. Okay. And then if, this is it, a... so, Karen. If if I, I'm thinking the Shatner one will be more funny, but if I really want to get a sense of good, I don't mean this condescending <laughs> good music, but a actual to see his music and his style. What do you recommend we, we whatever listen? and ever? Amen. Okay, all right. The one I'm playing now. Okay, we'll do. Um, yeah, this one's really good. But the Shatner stuff isn't funny. Funny. I mean. Some of it's really, really good, too. So it's very musical. Um, This next one is a group of groups, but it's all centered around one artist. Um, Fountains of Wayne, The Wonders, from That Thing You Do. Um, Adam Schlesinger is the singer of all these bands. Um, Ivy, Tinted Windows, Fountains of Wayne, and The Wonders. Um, he wrote this song, and he won. Well, he didn't win, but uh, he was nominated for an Academy Award for it. And it was an RIAA Gold Certified song. 99. This is the same artist that wrote this. Stacy's mom. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Stacy's mom has got it going on. Mm-hmm. Even sure. I know that song. Right? And yes. this one. You've got a bright future in sales. Oh, very nice. Yeah, it's the same artist. So, um, and if you go back and look at Ivy as well, there's some music that they've done that you might recognize. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, they weren't nearly as popular as Fountains of Wayne. But uh, it, I just find it interesting that he also wrote that thing you do. That and I, is. I like to make sure that people know that because he's so talented. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really dig his music. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. I um, I see that, you know, Welcome Interstate Managers, 
uh, has a couple of those on it. I, I do love the thing you do. It is. Um, I'll watch that anytime it's on. Absolutely, and it, and it's a great. You know, it. One of the things that. Um, you know, as much as I love Aaron Sorkin, um, but you know when he did the um, show, uh, of, you know Studio sixty, um, you know he had to write sketch comedy, and you had to make the idea that this was hilarious sketch comedy, and it didn't always work. Right. Um, and so, if you're going to do a movie about a incredibly you know, captivating, catchy pop song, you have to have an incredibly captivating, catchy pop song. And the thing you do is. Yeah, it was perfect, right? Yeah, it was. And he wrote all the music for that movie. And I think he did perfectly because he wrote that one breakout hit and all the other ones that were good. Yeah. But not as good as that original hit. Which is kind of the premise, right, of the it's exactly movie, yes. the premise of the movie. Absolutely. And uh, he did such a good job. And the fact that it was nominated for an Academy Award was yes. crazy. Absolutely. Uh, and I bet he was just insane. And then, you know, he can't really he, he can't really go and claim it because it was nominated under, you know, not under Adam Schlesinger. Uh-huh. So, unfortunately, it wasn't a, a thing. He was just listed under this whole group of people. Oh, interesting. Had things to okay. do with it. So. Um, and then next, of course, uh, a band that you he- will have even heard of. Yes. Um, the Bare Naked Ladies. Yes. The Canadian Men's. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked out these two. Um, one of them from Gordon. The ba- That's the album's name, Gordon. Yes. 1992. It's called If I Had a Million Dollars. Yes. It's kind of their laid-back country-sounding song, mm-hmm. which I enjoy. Um, they are touted as one of the leading nerd rock yeah. artists. And they're, they've been known since the 80s in Canada. Right. They kind of broke out here in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So, I I added them in the '90s, yeah, because you know we didn't know about them until then, right? Um, and then the second one, of course, is it's all been done, and I'm not gonna put their biggest ones on here because you guys know their biggest ones, right? But these are two that I like. I, I love their holiday album uh, that goes in rotation during the holiday. Um, and then one of my favorite things is Brian Wilson. Uh huh. Um, you know, I'm a big Beach Boy fan, and they have, you know, lying in bed like Brian Wilson did. <laughs> oh, I'm. And what I thought was amazing is when Brian Wilson first started touring. In this modern era, he would actually sing a little snippet of Brian Wilson. Yeah. You know, and uh, I was like, okay, this is so meta that right. <laughs> Brian Wilson is singing Brian Wilson. And, and mostly because the bare naked ladies aren't making fun of him. No. 
It's a tribute song. Yes, it definitely. is. Yeah. And uh, I think that's part of Bare Naked Ladies' charm is right. that they're never talking down to anyone with their yeah. music. They're never stepping on anyone. Um, they're all about the love yes. in their music. And you can hear it. It's all upbeat. It's all happy. Yeah. Um, a lot of music now is very down and, yes. and um, I don't know, sometimes it seems hateful. Yeah, I think so. And a lot of nerd rock is happy. Right. I mean, I don't know that anything I've played today has been morose and and, and mean. Um, it's all been pretty happy. and. Yeah. And, you know, and we haven't even talked about, you know, uh, Big Bang Theory. I mean, oh no, uh, they did the theme to that's what I said. You know, I mean, that talk about you know nerd credibility, yeah, and a great song. Mm-hmm. You know, not just Fantastic song. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a much longer version of it. Yes, as well. and yeah, I love that exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just to add a little bit to that, there's a mm-hmm. this weirdo song from the Crash Test Dummies <laughs> called. Mm, mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard it, but no, the I haven't. Is... Mm. <laughs> it's awesome. So, so, uh, so Karen, that's, um, that's it for my nineties. Okay, area. yeah, and before we move on to two thousands. How do you find these artists? Um, what do you, um, you know, as we talked about, a lot of times uh, people seem to get caught up in, you know, a musical rut, and I'm just as guilty. You know, I, if it's not talk radio, I'm listening to Springsteen. Uh, what, how do you find these different bands, and what do you, how do you, keep your feelers open i guess so to speak well back then it was on the radio right obviously uh now it's i guess twitter and um and oddly enough i've heard of some of these nerd artists from television and from my friends in video games okay um so like at Nerdist, mm-hmm. I, watch, I watch that show every night religiously. Okay. Um, has had some artists on that yes. he likes. Okay. And I've checked them out, and they've been really good. Now, some of them are not nerd rock. They're just right. art musical artists. Sure. Um, but, you know, he, he does have a penchant for, for nerd rock. Um, Garfunkel and Oates. Uh, they they go on his show a lot because they're also comedians. Um, so there's things like that that uh, you know I keep my feelers out. And Paul and Storm, I I follow them on Twitter. They have one Twitter account. Okay. And they put a P or an S ah, right beginning of the tweet, so you know who is tweeting. Um, so I watch and like they'll they'll alert you to new people um i know jonathan colton i also follow on twitter and he'll say things about someone he's heard or um something uh so you know through word of mouth or or things like that so uh, i don't listen to the radio ever yeah tell me about jonathan colton all right jonathan colton is 
by far my favorite nerd rock artist right now. Okay. So crazy good. Um, mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Um, he offers his songs through his website, self-published. Right. He's crazy successful. Um, from September 16th, 2005 to September 30th, 2006, he ran... He he did this thing called Thing a Week. Okay. Which meant he recorded 52 musical pieces in order to push his the his envelope, his creative envelope. Um so that and he called it his force march approach to writing and recording to prove to himself that he could produce creative output to a deadline and to see whether a professional artist could use the internet and creative commons to support himself. Right. So he quoted him. He was quoted in September of 2006, 2006, sorry. It's all right. In an interview as stating that as a result of the experiment, in some parts of the country, he'd be making a decent living. Wow. And now he makes upwards of half a million dollars a year. So I'm fascinated by... The creative things that people do. Um, I am not a creative person. Yes, Pod- you are. You do a podcast. Well, yeah, but podcasting is close as I can come to. <laughs> but you know, um, you know, I, I will see. You know, good friend of the show. You know, Tom Zoller will talk about. You know, him pushing himself there and doing anything. He just recently did a um i think it's called um a 48 hour movie i'll have to uh, i've got the dates wrong there was a there was a 24 hour comic book uh where you think of design uh draw write and publish you know a comic book in 24 hours mm-hmm. you know a pdf and there is one where you make a movie, I think it's over a weekend of 48 hours, and he was involved with that. And um, so I I love the idea that Jonathan is saying, okay, I'm going to throw it out there that I'm going to do something new every week. And Mm -hmm. whether you're facing blocks or what you're thinking, because I will tell you, when I was looking for a new work home, Um, I tried to do, I did a blog, you know, on LinkedIn and after eight or nine weeks, I'm like, I have nothing else to say. (laughs) Thank goodness I got a job because I'm running out of junk to talk about. So yeah, that's amazing. He didn't allow that to happen. He, he produced 52 pieces Mm -hmm. in a year and he had four albums that came out of that. Wow. Um, thing a week one, thing a week two, thing a week three, and thing a week four. He no one ever told him he had to be creative with the names. <laughs> well, so, uh, so many songs came out of that. That sounds like a Dr. Seuss, right? Thing one, thing, <laughs> thing two. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. Thing one, thing week two. Right. Um, but the four albums that resulted from that, uh, out came some songs that were not so good. Right. Um, some that were mediocre, and then a nice batch of really, really great songs. And he also makes them available for people to use um, in Creative Commons. So uh, people can make their own music videos and put them up on YouTube. 
And this is what makes him a huge nerd favorite because people can uh, take like uh, it, it's called machinima, machinima, however you want to say it. Okay. I say machinima. Um, so what that is is um, they use one of the most famous ones is called blind, and they take uh, a modeler. So there's this thing called WoW Modeler where you can uh, go outside of the game of, of Warcraft, but you can model, you know, take a model of a character and put different backgrounds in back of it. Well, you can do that and you can make like a video of characters from the game and you could set it to that music. But people do that with <laughs> with his music. So there are a plethora of videos that are amazing with World of Warcraft characters set to his music. Oh, interesting. Um, especially things like Ray Your Brains, which is a song that's like a memo. And it's a zombie. <laughs> and he's saying, hey, Bill, uh, I know we're stuck in this house and we'd like you to, you know, come outside because we'd like to eat your brains. Yeah. So uh, if you could do that, we'd really appreciate it. Oh, <laughs> and how funny. This guy sending a memo to the guys inside. Mm -hmm. We're going to get you eventually, so if you could just come out, that would be great. Um, so there's an undead class in World of Warcraft, and it's set to, like, this undead class. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it's things like that. Um so his music is things, it's just really interesting, uh, eclectic, weird. He talks about mad scientists, zombies, um, uh, programming. Uh, one right. of the songs that I have here is called Code Monkey. And it's about literally a code monkey, a guy who works in the IT department. Mm -hmm. um, who's in love with a girl that he works with but doesn't know where he lives. Uh, and it's it, it's just cute music, and and the way he interacts with his fans is amazing. He does a cruise every year, okay, uh, where his fans can interact with him, and and uh, I don't know, he's just awesome. So uh, let me play some of his songs. Okay, this is I feel fantastic. I can sing this, by the way, but I'm not going okay. to do it. It's about uh, uppers. Ah. I call my phone and I check my messages, but I don't have any messages. All I know, driving on drugs feels better when they're prescription. It's a very cute song. Certainly so, upbeat. I feel fantastic, and I never feel that feel right now. <laughs> Okay, there's that one. Okay. And this is The Future Soon. Um, it's kind of a twisty song. It talks about a guy who's in love with a girl. But then when it gets into the the uh, inside part, it talks about him creating a bunch of robots that are going to take over the world in order to get that girl. Mm -hmm. So he's actually a mad scientist. That is going to take over the world in order to get his girlfriend. <laughs> nice. And when she spurs him, spurns him, 
He's going to kill her and make her into a robot. <laughs> it's called the future of soon. I'll skip that one. This is Ray Your Brains. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a zombie, of course. Yeah. Except that I'm a zombie now. I really wish you'd let us in. I think I speak for all of us. I say I understand why you folks might hesitate to submit to our demand. But here's an FYI You're all gonna die screaming. Nice. We're not unreasonable. I mean, no one's gonna eat your No one's gonna eyes. eat your eyes. <laughs> Sorry about that. I really like his voice. I know, it's great, right? Yeah, it's a very comforting voice. Mm-hmm. Good. And this is Code Monkey. Code Monkey, go to job. Code Monkey, have boring meeting. Boring manager, Rob. Rob say Code Monkey, very diligent, but his output stinks. His code not functional or elegant. What do Code Monkey think? Code Monkey think maybe manager want to write goddamn login page himself. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he's he makes really great music. It sounds like it. So I can't recommend him highly enough. Yeah, he's I can tell that. And is very there poppy and? Is there a specific album or two that we should try, or no? Just check all his, his stuff's good. Just check his website and also yep, play with it. Check okay. His website, and he will. Um, he previews all of his music, JonathanColton.com, and it's C O U L T O N, Jonathan Colton, and Jonathan without the H. Um, and some of it, I think, is uh, pay what you want. You can download it and pay a dollar, pay five dollars, whatever you want. Um, and some of it has a set price. Um, he's very fan friendly. Um, he and he's just a, an amazing person. So um, just great stuff. Now um, I have some other stuff here. I think. Let's see. Oh yes. Anamanaguchi. It's the Nerdist theme. Ah, okay. Jetpack Blues, Sunset Hues. Mm-hmm. This is a band that actually programs everything in 8-bit. Oh, interesting. So, talk about nerdy, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, of course, Chris Hardwick's a big fan of theirs. Mm-hmm. Since this is the Nerdist theme. Yeah. Um... Okay, go. Mm-hmm. 
they did the theme song to oh what was that makeover show for guys I can't remember Queer Eye for the Straight Guy yes yes okay yeah, they did the the theme song to that. Okay, but uh, they were they're also big into nerd rock. Okay, go. Um, mm-hmm. They're also dance music. Okay, so they do that weird crossover thing. Uh, I guess for nerds who like to dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of us are versatile. Yes, indeed. Uh, and then, not that you'd guess the song is for geeks, but it's called "Hail to the Geek." Uh-huh. Yes. Deaf pedestrians. And it's just all Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, about, you know, D&D and wearing black t-shirts and yes. things like that. Um, and I think that's all the music samples I have. Okay. So uh, I've got a couple that I want to ask you about. Sure. Um, uh, Mary Call is from Alaska. Mm-hmm. Um, she uh, did uh, QMX, actually, the uh, company that does a lot of great collectibles, uh, everything from smaller, you know, Serenity keychains to high-end, you know, models. Uh, in 2008, had backed her to an album, Got to Fly, which were a lot of songs that were... Uh, Battlestar Galactica and Firefly themed. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorites is It's Good to Have Jane on Your Side. Mm-hmm. Um, she's really wonderful. I don't know if you've heard of her. I have. Okay. Uh, I've been able to see her twice in the Dallas area, and she plays a typewriter. <laughs> it's an old manual typewriter, and she plays that to kind of start as percussion, which is very cool. See, I love that. Yes. That's awesome. Absolutely. Uh, I think the double clicks are certainly amazing. Uh, their video, Nothing to Prove, you know, went um, viral and I think was just amazing. Uh, as as someone who uh, you met your husband at a comic book store um, and you were not going there just to buy Sandman. <laughs> No, not just a vice Sandman. Yes. Not at all. Uh, so you, uh, you know, have your... Uh, In fact, I think Sandman's run was over by the time I met my okay. husband. So. Um, do you want to share that story? How I met my husband? Yes. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, well, I was going... I bought... I started buying comics in the 80s. And uh, I hadn't met my husband yet. But uh, in the 80s, uh, I went to a, a local college and it was near a bar and I used to go to that bar. Then my family used to go to Walt Disney World every year and we used to stay in the same hotel. This all fits in. Um, and then uh, at the same time, my brother worked at a, um, at a gas company factory in Los Angeles. And he worked there a long, long time. So, meanwhile, later in the uh, early 90s, I started going to a comic book shop in Fairfax, Virginia called Destiny Comics. It's no longer there, sadly. Um, And 
I started going there because I knew one of the owners when they started it up. It it started as a mail order business, and then they opened up the brick and mortar store. And I got to know the two guys that owned it. They were about our age, and uh, so we would hang out there. They we played um, you know collectible card games in the back, um, stick the gathering and things like that. And we would just hang out and. And talk and stuff. And he was one of the people that used to do that. And uh, there were a lot of us, though. Uh, it wasn't just a small group. There were like 50 or 60 people that used to do that. Do that. Um, and we used to trade cards and things. And he would always get on my back because I had two Captain Picard cards. <laughs> and he wanted that Captain Picard, but he didn't have anything that I needed. Right. And I said to him, well, why should I trade you if you don't have anything I need? Mm -hmm. He would always say, well, I need it. Well, okay, get something I need. Get me the board chip or, you know, whatever. Um, So it was a thing that we started. And and we became friends through this. And I would tease him. And finally, he got something, a a combination of cards. And I finally Mm -hmm. traded him. I just, I gave in. So, uh, but we became friends. We started going to like comic book conventions together and stuff. And, and we got closer and closer. And at one point he said, you know, I don't care that you've sworn off men. You and I are going to date. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think we're going to date. I think right. we're better friends. And he wore me down and we started dating and then we moved in together. And then he put his arm around me on the couch after we had been living together about a year and a half. And he said, so you want to get married or something? And I said, yes. <laughs> okay. uh, so that's- However, yes. all that other stuff, mm-hmm. the bar that I used to go to school next to, he used to visit at the same time that I went to school there. Right. And I used to visit it as well. So we probably crossed paths there. Absolutely. The... Hotel that we used to stay in every year, he worked at when we used to stay there. Mm-hmm. So we probably crossed paths there as well. And where my brother worked in Los Angeles, his father worked. Ah, at the- interesting. So. It was Destiny. Our, our fa- And Destiny Comics. Exactly. Yes. Oh, very nice. So it was Destiny. And by the way. Yes. I just want to put this out here. I put it on my Facebook page, but a friend of mine, um, Melissa Blue, just wrote a book, uh, the first in her Dirty Sexy Geeks trilogy. And in the end of the book, she said, first of all, I want to dedicate this book to Allie Lindsay, which is my nickname. Right. Facebook. Because of that story, it spurred her to write a nerd. Ooh. Or a nerd uh, novel series. Mm-hmm. So nice. It's dedicated to yeah. me and my husband and other people. Yes. Um, I also want to bring up that uh, if you feel like hearing uh, my friend Sarah Hickman, who is a singer songwriter from Austin, um, her very first album was dedicated among other people. Um, she had a long list, but included was Jesse, Linda, and the baby, uh, because Linda was pregnant with Chris at the time. Um, Sarah tells the story that she was flipping through channels and she found, uh, the day the earth stood still, the original version 
mm-hmm. um, in the middle, and she didn't understand what was going on. And um, so she wrote a song called Radiation Man. And uh, if you want to hear a fun song, um, it is um, do Sarah Hicker and Radiation Man. And there's a couple of videos of that. It does a really good heart. And then uh, Amanda Palmer, I think, um, is very creative. She's done a lot of stuff. And um, I, I think she's certainly worth supporting. And then I figure this is a Bruce Springsteen podcast to bring it on home. Um, I was watching Warm Bodies, the zombie mm-hmm. movie a few yeah. years ago, and there is a turntable, and the guy puts on Hungry Heart from Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> and it was... Hungry Heart, hungry ha-ha. Heart. It was a hilarious use of Bruce Springsteen <laughs> lyrics. Very nice. Yeah, songs, so good. Very nice. So, Karen, is there any band that you haven't got to see perform live, whether they're nerd rock or not, that's on your list that you would really love to go and see? Hmm. Well, I haven't seen Jonathan Colton live, and I would. He plays um, a really small venue here, and every time I hear about him coming here, he's already sold out. Um. So unfortunately, I haven't ever gotten to see him live. I would love to do that, but I never get to go out anywhere. Um, I've seen a lot of big bands that um, I've seen Journey. I've seen Yes. I've seen, um, oh, I haven't seen Boston, but I went to see something else with my husband. I saw James Taylor. I mean, I've seen a lot of really big artists live. Um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Chicago. Uh, they'd be amazing, but it wouldn't be the Chicago I love. Um, I like pre Satera Chicago more than <laughs> post Satera. Um, although it's still fine. I mean, it it's not bad. Uh, I don't know. I I there's a lot of bands I would go see if they were here. Yeah. Uh, so, Karen. All of us have had up and down years, uh, some downer than others. And Mm -hmm. uh, so I believe music during your life journey, when you've needed to feel strong or be brave or to feel comfort or to do better. Uh, Yeah. Okay. This is going to choke me up, I think. Okay. Well, and if we Um, need to. No, there's a song called The Power of Two Okay, um, by the Indigo Girls. And I went into a recording studio and I sang it with some of my friends playing instruments. Um, And the DJ played it at Sean and my, at our wedding. And um, when my husband was in the hospital, um, with the blood clots in his lung, and I couldn't get to see him. Uh, I was looking for a scrambling to try and find a way to get in to see him, and they told me I needed to get there ASAP, that he was in ICU. I quickly, while I was looking for a way to go and see him, I threw that song on in the background because it was my lifeline to him when I 
and talk to him because it reminds me of him when I hear it. So The Power of Two by the Indigo Girls is kind of my link to my husband. And it, I swear it makes me cry every time. I couldn't, there was one line in particular um, where it says, I took you for better and I took you for worse. And now you, you better, and you better not forget it or something like that. And every time I sang it in that, in that studio, they, I could not sing it to save my life because I just kept cracking. And I said, I got to stop thinking about the words. I got to just sing them like, you know, like they're not the real words. And uh, that's how I got through it. But yeah, that song. And and also every once in a while, I have this favorites list that's all kind of poppy songs. Um, like these Jonathan Colton songs and um, some oldies. Um, this old heart of mine. Uh, this old heart of mine's been broke a thousand times. You know that song? Sure. Um, music like that, um, just for when I'm feeling sad or down or something. I put on music like that and I listen to it. It makes me feel better. But Nice. Yeah. Very good. Karen, thank you so much for coming on and sharing and You're being part of the podcast. You're just... You're just you're the podcast mom, and you're one of my favorites. So how how did this go? I think you, it went great. I'm, you think I'm excited. Gonna like my nerd rock. I certainly hope so. And for them, uh, tell us how they can reach you uh, oh if they want to tell you. Well, the easiest way is just to go to my Twitter page at Alveria A L E V E R I A. Um, even if you don't have Twitter, you mm-hmm. can just type in twitter.com and that that name um in my bio is my about dot me link yes and all of my links are there on that page so you can find me everywhere right on that page and i do reviews of tv shows also on nice girls tv i gotta plug them yes absolutely girlstv.com always has some interesting takes on uh castle and uh what other shows I used to do Parks and Rec, but that's gone. Okay. But I, um, I'm in some roundtables. Okay. I think it's going to be Agent Carter. Oh, nice. Up. Person of interest when that comes back. Okay. I'm in a roundtable for that. Nice. I pop up here and there. Yes, you do. I'm sure we'll have you back on to talk about something musical. Uh, sure. We'll figure it out. I got the music in me. Absolutely. As it were. If you want to be on the podcast and talk about Bruce and all that applies or your musical hero or slash obsession, please send an email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page and also a Twitter account at setlustingbruce. Please check it out. Go to iTunes to rate and review us. It does help us gain new listeners. Karen, you know I love you. And so I I apologize in advance. But we're going to close with, because we're okay, we're fine. You can go do whatever you want, baby. Baby, I'm here to stop your crying. Chase (laughs) all the ghosts from your head. I'm stronger than the monster beneath your bed. Smarter than the tricks played on your heart. We'll look at them together, then we'll take them apart. Adding up the total of a love that's true. Multiplying life by the power power of of two. two. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you soon. Bye. And if you want to find me, I'll be, I'll be
What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shot? Would they shot? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.